The U.S. government said that there were no risks if used as recommended, but many Mexican farmers remain concerned. It is very important in Mexico that we prohibit the introduction of transgenics. Other governments used to give those seeds to us, and because the peasant farmers want higher productivity, they believed such propaganda. Welcome back to Poison for Profit. I'm Nick. I'm Zach. Coming back at you guys with another microsode. Zach's going to be talking with us about some Monsanto news, one of our favorites, glyphosate news. Some really interesting stuff. This is a little bit of an older article. That doesn't mean it's a bad article. (laughs) (laughs) Still has value, even though it might be over the hill. Um, Speaking of the hill, so the reason I'm bringing this one up is because an article came out from the hill uh, that kind of goes over this. This is about the... um, the uh, conflict, the trade conflict between Mexico and the U.S. over glyphosate and GMO corn. But the article that I'm talking about tonight is from 2021. It's from Kerry Gillum, who wrote Monsanto Papers, uh, which is an, a really excellent uh, record-keeping of the Monsanto trial. Um, I think it was Lee Johnson versus Monsanto. Yeah, I've poked through uh, that Monsanto papers. It's really interesting. I've never read the whole full thing, though. Did you? Yeah, I went out and bought it uh, right after I, I heard about it. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's very good. It's very detailed. So I definitely recommend that uh, to all listeners. So yeah, we're talking tonight about the Mexico versus U.S. possible oncoming trade war and specifically monsanto uh well new monsanto which is bayer and u.s officials pressuring mexico to drop their glyphosate ban so in 2020 amlo president of mexico announced plans to phase out glyphosate use and gmo corn for human consumption by the year 2024 uh, with reasons of food sovereignty and security and the health of Mexican men and women. Now, I believe we've talked about it before, the um, the resistance that it's been met with by uh, United States trade agencies and biotech and agrichem industries. The Guardian, where this uh, article was written, came into possession of some emails from the Office of U.S. Trade Representative and other U.S. agencies that refer to uh, the AMLO administration as vocal anti-biotech activists, and they also referred to Mexico's health agency as a big-time problem. Oh, God forbid that they try and protect their people. Holy cow govern their own country right right uh an internal u.s trade representative communications described the agrichem industry uh, pushing for the u.s to include the issue under the new u.s mexico canada agreement trade agreement uh replacement for nafta basically so the ustr which is the u.s trade representative office 
uh, has told Mexico that its actions on glyphosate and genetically modified crops raise concern about, uh, or sorry, raise concern regarding compliance to the USMCA, basically a, a scare tactic, right, that they would retaliate essentially against Mexico, which is, I would assume out of the three countries in that probably has the um, the least power out of all three. The US EPA also discussed using the USMCA to, quote, work through these issues in their internal emails. And in those same emails, they were discussing uh, their own relationship with crop life. And crop life, I believe we talked about it in the the Merchants of Poison episodes uh, is a essentially a, a lobbying group for the biotech and agrochem industry. And just going back for a minute, just so I make sure I'm understanding right and that the people listening, the USMCA, that's the trade agreement between Mexico, Canada, and the United States, correct? Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, the, the whole point I want to talk about this for is just to show kind of the relationship that regulators in the U.S. have with these giant industries that, you know, I mean, you know, the biotech and agrochem industries own all these patents. They export them all over the, the world to the mostly really to the global south, right, to where they can really control economies and, and food systems. Um, and it's just they use, I mean, the, the, the U.S. government is basically a tool of U.S. industry to export their control to the rest of the world. And, you know, it's, I think pretty much any kind of international outreach that the U.S. government has is basically a function of this, whether it's, you know, the military or international trade um, or even, you know, foreign aid just sending aid to places that they expect to be repaid for it in some way, which in practice, it's usually control of or access to at least. Right. It supports our economy. It allows for us to do business there. Um, and then the yeah, other- exclusive business too, right? right? Like have the rights to, um, you know, maybe, maybe the rights to mineral uh, mining, things like right. that. So the U.S. and Mexican officials met in January 2020. At the time, the U.S. uh, trade representative had a guidance briefing, which uh, which claimed that Mexico's rejection of glyphosate imports was done without a clear scientific justification. That can't be the biggest like bullshit reason. Like, I feel like every other day we're coming out with more scientific evidence against glyphosate and GMOs. So it's just like, yeah, and I, I, that's really, I think, seems to be the entire argument is falling back on is that there's not enough scientific evidence for them to actually say that that they can do they can ban it basically to protect people in the environment. And this was the trade rep. That this is. This is a briefing document from the U.S. Trade Representative. So this isn't even Monsanto being like, hey, yeah. Mexico, you should I mean, ban our products. They're fine. This is I have my <laughs> I have my suspicions that this was that the biotech industry had a 
a big part in drafting this <laughs> They probably uh, wrote it right for him, yeah. They probably did, to be honest with you. Because about two months later in March, CropLife uh, went and had an, or they had an announcement saying that Mexico's actions are incompatible with Mexico's obligations under the USMCA, which I guess the obligation is to buy American pesticides, um, GMO corn, yeah. right? That seems to be what what uh, Mexico has to do under this agreement, or what they're at least trying to force them to do. I think the the underlying part here is that these industries, biotech and agrichem, are just terrified of. Mexico actually being able to do this and then it actually catching on with the rest of the world and especially, you know, Latin America, South America, and, um, you know, Africa is kind of going through this time of, of transition also where there's a, a big dispute on GMOs. Yeah. I mean, this really reminds me of like the, the GMOs in Kenya we were talking about. A while back where the farmers were against it, if I remember correctly, because they wanted to not be controlled, basically. And it seems yeah, yeah. exactly the same situations here. And definitely in Africa. Yeah, it's pretty well documented that, you know, smaller communities are against these technologies being implemented there because then they have to work under these patent agreements and and you know they can't share seeds or save seeds you know we've seen it happen in india it's a big issue and and that's again part of the reason mexico's doing this uh is to save their their native species of corn that they can grow there so that there's not you know contamination there and then you know i mean we've talked about all of this before i feel like I mean, I, this is kind of like my thing to talk about, right? <laughs> but um, I feel like sometimes I'm I'm uh, a broken record. Like, this is n- not good. These agreements are not good for people in these countries, farmers in these countries. And, you know, you're seeing it right now with these governments that aren't even allowed to govern how they want. Yeah, I just feel like that this completely limits and pigeonholes us as a country for one, and I mean, that's, I, f- I feel like what Mexico is feeling. They feel pigeonholed into, like, almost forced to buy these GMO crops, this glyphosate that they don't want. And I just feel like, <laughs> like, I don't know, it just seems so <laughs> almost like globalists, <laughs> you know? Like, that's what this these agreements are making me feel like. It feels like our country has no control over what we're buying. We've they've already decided what our country buys, uh, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I, you know, I think that's that's pretty spot on because there is the definitely like this this very it's not even really uh, underlying threat that you know there's going to be some kind of retaliation on some you know level of this trade agreement, right, from the U.S. towards Mexico, and I don't know what the the sanctions would be or would look like but i mean this is not free trade right Right. this is this is you buy what we're selling (laughs) it's just not even giving an option the one thing that i feel like we talk about a lot is or that we've talked about before at least is like u.s farmers would grow conventional corn if there was a, a market for it right yep and mexico is creating this market Right. By basically doing this, right? And they could even, you know, 
charge a premium for it. I mean, at this point, non-GMO corn, you might as well just get it USDA organic certified and you're getting your premium right there. So, yeah, yeah. I just don't understand why our government is pushing for GMOs and pesticide use. It's so strange. Yeah, yeah, and, and it is because of these companies and their need to expand their product in the market, right? Like they don't want this other option. That's why all of their, uh, shit, what are they called? Front group uh, publications like Genetic Literacy Project, Alliance for Science, ASC, ACSH, whatever it's called. That's why they rag on organic. They call it big organic all the time. Like that's just, in my mind, that's like a total joke, right? Right. Uh, but they're serious about it. Like they they want this technology for every food market in the world. They want to control it. Anyways, <laughs> um, I, I'll just leave it on this last one. I bet I thought it was really funny. A spokesperson for the EPA said the agency regularly engages with officials in Mexico and has not yet taken any regulatory actions against Mexico's decisions on glyphosate or GMO corn. Which first in my mind is like, (laughs) what power could the EPA possibly have over Mexico's decision (laughs) on this? Like what regulatory power do they have over the EPA? It doesn't make, why even, why (laughs) why say that? That's so strange. Uh, and then the next part, the agency has offered to share its scientific findings with Mexico's government. Their scientific findings are essentially what uh, Monsanto uses to has spoon fed them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To, to get this on the market and to keep it like to keep it on the market, essentially, or to keep it unlabeled as a toxic chemical. I don't know, man. It's. It's it's kind of written like a joke to me, right? Like it's the most unserious thing to anybody who has any knowledge of like the EPA's history with pesticides and glyphosate in particular. Yep. You can't take that seriously on any level. Yeah, I mean I feel like this whole article is really just encapsulates how both of us think about most of our government agencies. It really shows how like i mean it's the epa is working to help get gmo crops and pesticides down into mexico for this biotech industry so like to me it just like is really showing look how much that they are pushing for this for these trade groups for these biotech like how is this the 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 groups that we are entrusting with regulating these pesticides regulating these crops like i just don't know how you can ever trust that regulation it's just fully captured yeah and and you're right like you can't really trust them to to do any real regulation like good faith regulation and especially on on pesticides because this happens with probably the majority of pesticides in the u.s i would say and other countries have had a lot better luck with with getting these things 
out of food growing practices. No, man, it's just, just, just so much corporate control over the EPA's pesticide office. And then, you know, I think the rest of the EPA, if we're going to talk about that, it's just like all the power that it could possibly have has just been taken from it. So it's really like a facade. It's just there to to have this illusion of the government is looking out for people when it comes to things like air and 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 water. Well, the the state governments might do a better job, but like the federal government, federal EPA is pretty toothless when it comes to actually protecting people and the environment. Thank you, Zach, for bringing us this throwback article. I'm going to call it as I I really enjoyed talking about this. Uh, I think a couple couple wires touched for me tonight. I've made some new connections, <laughs> uh, but yeah, very interesting stuff. As always, though, this article will be available in the show notes as well as all of our social medias. Reach out to us if you have anything you'd like to us like for us to cover, um, and anything else from you, Zach. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.